The Women in Gridiron Show is a production of Mojo Sports in partnership with the Women's Gridiron Leagues of Australia. Welcome back to another episode of the Women in Gridiron Show. This is a, a special episode, one, because uh, we have a, a bit of a rejigged new panel at the moment, and two, because we are live and throughout this episode, you are going to be hearing from some uh, players, guests, uh, volunteers, spectators, fans from around the country. So it's going to be an action-packed episode to bring us in, new panel, Danny DeGroote returning. How are you, Danny? You good? I am very good. I'm nice and well rested, I think, after the kind of last month. Oh, wait, that cut me off. Sorry, guys. I was just saying that, yeah, I think I'm pretty good. Um, last, I'm a bit well, well rested, I guess, after the last month and a half of football. Um, yeah, so just ready to get back into more football again soon. Excellent, excellent. New guest, Alia Kamali. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you here. And we have returning the one, the only Alex Barco. How are you doing? So, guys, I'm doing well. Thank you. Perfect. All right. Let's start letting some people in. Here we go. Live podcast underway. Here we go. Oh, the suspense. The suspense is killing me. I like it. All right. The waiting room has just been open and for the first lot of I don't know how many people we're going to get on this show tonight I'm joined by we've got Cody Fuller we've got Alex Ahrens we've got Claire Hawley and we've got LS guys <laughs> welcome to the podcast Alex Cody how are you National Hello. Camps Good. how's the feeling Cody coming away with a, a fourth championship I don't know if Cody knows how to unmute herself at the moment. <laughs> oh, goodness. Sorry, I'm taking washing off the line at the moment. Love it. <laughs> Love that. I'm doing some errands. Alex, Alex, Aaron's, same question to you, mate. How's it feel? Yes. Full-time champions. It's a good feeling. How was like, how is, how is the game, like how is the series overall for you guys? Like, you know, obviously sitting back and watching it from our perspective was a little bit different to actually being on the field with you guys, obviously. But in terms of what it meant for you guys for the lead up to this season, like, do you feel like it was a positive exercise that's going to help get your state back to where it should be? I think so. I think there's a lot of energy that we can carry through, and a lot of positivity that we can hopefully carry through to uh, get a league back up. Alex, I think it's pretty funny that, uh, you know, we've got so many player v player here situations going on. So, you know, Danny and Alia obviously coming up against you, um, or not against you because they're both all on the offensive side of the ball. But, uh, you know, playing with you guys after playing at Outback, Danny, how good was it to see everybody again? It was so nice. Like Outback feels like it was not that long ago, but really it was nearly a year ago now. Um, and it was really nice to actually see the girls again and not even just like like playing against them was actually really, really good too. A bit more of a, ch- a challenge from um, our season last year, like a regular season last year. So no, it was really nice to kind of see all the old faces again and even people that have, um, you know, that you know of and that you've met previous years, um, 
you know, back in, let's say, 15, 16, 17, um, seeing all those faces too that are still in the game, it was, yeah, it was a really nice um, campaign. It was really, really good. Claire, obviously you've, uh, this is your first first run in at State after being a rookie uh, yeah. you know, last season. How how did it feel going up against some of these, like, amazing athletes, you know, that, that obviously have been around the game for such a long time? Um, a bit daunting to start, but it was definitely a big learning experience and I think it was good to sort of take that on. Um, I don't know. I just thought the whole, you know, they're definitely t- stepping it up, you know, brings so much, you know, more you got to think about um, rather than just, you know, a community sort of sport at club level. So really um, I was like, oh, I'm actually enjoying playing this, you know, it makes me want to play it more. Do you think that, uh, you know, that sentiment was felt the whole way across the New South Wales camp? I mean, Alia, you could probably speak to that as well. I muted, sorry. What was the question? In terms of, you know, bringing the energy and, and the rookies really stepping up across the New South Wales side, do you think that you felt that on the New South, like from the rest of the crew from New South Wales? I think so. I think we had some new talent that season, especially across the club, some new new faces. And it was kind of nice having them in the mix as well and giving them an intro to this is a, a level beyond, well, supposedly to be a level of beyond club. Um, so it was nice to kind of see them step up too and some of them only having a handful of games um, in the club season, but all of a sudden now they're playing at a much higher level or against tougher component or opponents, sorry. Um, so that was kind of nice because I, you know, someone like Tamika Sutton, you know, from the Rebels was really nice to see her and Ashley May as well. And, and these are players that, you know, had a handful of games under their belt, but now we're having massive plays in the bigger stage. So that was kind of cool to see. Cody, I don't know if you're still hanging washing out, but if you can unmute yourself for half a second. Uh, in terms of talking about rookies, Riley Douglas obviously had an amazing campaign. What, I mean, have you spoken to Riley since? Like, what's the vibe up there knowing that there's nothing confirmed for you guys this year? Like, is it kind of like a, an experience that she's just going to go, well, I've done that now onto the next thing? Or is like, like, how are the girls that have just stepped up into this, you know, Queensland Sun Devils outfit feeling now knowing that the uncertainty of the season for you guys? Um, I think some of the girls that like Riley had been training for, a year or so leading up to it. Um, obviously, it's disappointing, but we're very hopeful that we can get something going this year, especially off the back of that. Now I think that girls like Riley have had a taste of the blood. I don't think they want to go anywhere anytime soon. Alex, do you think that, uh, you know, having those rookies now have that experience at playing the Sun Devils level, what impact do you think that's going to have, you know, the flow-on effect of, you know, if you get one person playing gridiron, then you essentially can get five people based on, you know, how we recruit and by using other sports, this, that, and the other. Do you think that, that you know, Sun Devils experience is going to help aid in the recruitment? Uh, yeah, I think I think definitely. I think uh, players like rookies like Riley and then the younger girls that have come through juniors walk away with good experiences out of this. Um, and, and it just becomes another avenue for recruiting um, outside of the sport. Barker, I know we had a you know a, a you know a pretty front on view and of all the series uh, overall. Do you think that the talent that was on display like made it an entertaining series to watch? Oh, hundred percent. And I think we said early on. You know, New South Wales only really needed one game under their belt to kind of figure things out. And I think we saw that in game two and game three. It was 
you know, game two, they were leading game three. It was super, super close for the longest time. So I think the talent that both teams had made for an excellent, excellent series, at least to be a, for someone who's been on the field for a while to actually sit back and watch. It was actually kind of fun for, for once. I had too many uh, friends on both sides. I couldn't play against anyone. So I felt good uh, about being. I was going to say you definitely aided in the score lines there for a couple of them. Just saying. Just now, 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 you make one mistake by suggesting something that I'm sure Cody just completely ignored. So she can back me up on this. No, that was, that was all Alex. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, dude. At least she's honest. <laughs> <laughs> Burger trader. Someone just needs to throw me under the bus. That's all she wants to do. She just wants to make sure that everybody knows exactly where I stand. So I appreciate that one. All your idea, mate. Speaking of that play, Cody, like... I don't think it, you could. I don't think you could have drawn it up any more perfect. Like, so walk walk us through this play. Well, after Alex gave me the great advice before I went on, um, no, it was all honestly just a big cluster. Um, fuck, bit of a bad snap. I put both knees down and kind of just winged it, but it ended up working. Although both my knees were down, so I don't know if it should have counted. <laughs> but Appreciate it was fun. that insight. There you go. <laughs> Watch it back. <laughs> Alia, how did this campaign compare to 2018? Obviously, you hadn't played state prior to that, so 2018 was your first look in it at the Queensland side and, and Nationals experience. How did this campaign marry up? I mean, I guess 2018, I was the rookie coming in after a rookie season, so it just in general, football experience and IQ was definitely nowhere at all at that stage. But I think the fly-in, we went to Perth, we were there for the whole week. Um, that camp kind of residential feel was was probably a highlight for me just because you get to really bond with your team. You're playing games every other day, so that's kind of fun, and, and you're really immersed in football, whereas spreading it over the month like was also kind of an, it's a unique experience, but I think I prefer the fly-in nationals one-week football camp mode. Um, from a New South Wales, like I think we've come a long way. I think we scored one touchdown all camp last time in 2018. And, you know, we we had the score going in most games. We scored on, you know, our offense actually got some points on the board, which is nice. And then I think just even just competitiveness. I don't think we had a super competitive showing in 2018. Uh, we got, you know, scores were 30 plus against us, whereas this time um, we were really neck and neck and, you know, could have tied the game a few times. So, you know, I think one more game might have gone differently. Danny, your feel on the camp versus fly-in, fly-out situation, do you feel like that's something that we could look to move towards? Because, I mean, looking over and talking to people at the field, like taking four weekends off work as opposed to a whole week was, you know, a talking point for many players. Like, do you think that it's feasible that we could go back to a a camp-style situation? Look, I think it is feasible and I think that it needs to happen. Um, I think it's a better – I, I think you get a better experience for the players, for the coaches. Um, I think you get a better experience in general. Um, and I think going forward it needs to – needs we need to look at going back to the whole camp style. Um, you know, it was very disappointing that it couldn't happen this year, but I think going forward it, if it can be announced a bit sooner than what it did, um, than what it was, then um, I think would be really successful and I'm sure everyone would be very willing to make sure they put their money into it um, and time into it to actually play in the campaign. 
Yeah, exactly. Alex, I think this was, this was your first state, yes? The yes, that's, that's correct. Um, missed out on the 2021 through COVID. So, yeah, first state. First date, that's an exciting situation. I mean, from a from an experienced player standpoint, I find it funny that you played for Australia before playing for your own state. Um, but also too, like to be able to put on the state jersey now and to get a two-point conversion. I mean, dude, when they declared you ineligible, uh you're you eligible in that third game, I'm sitting there and I'm yelling at the safeties. I'm like, guys. You've got to watch Alex. They've just declared her ineligible. Uh, eligible, so it means something's going to happen. You have to. You have to be. You know, watch for it. Uh, and then here well, we are, magic ball from Amanda, and you go in for your two point. Yeah, what what a feeling! So, the, so first touch on wearing the state uniform for the first time. Um, absolute honor to do so. Um, a little bit strange to have done so after representing Outback, um, but it doesn't take away from what that means to represent your state playing football. Uh, on the two-point conversion, um, I don't know, I told I told a couple of people from New South Wales I might have been playing some tight ends, so I don't know, that's on your scouting, so uh, I've also missed that. Um, but, yeah, that was a great feeling. That was a great feeling to... To, to get those those points in that game, in such a close game that it was. For a long time in the game, those two points were uh, the difference between the two teams. Um, and, yeah, I, I really want to thank the coach for, for setting that play up for me and uh, for Amanda for getting the ball to me. And fun fact, I've caught two footballs over my career and they've both been thrown by Amanda. She'll love and, and, Alex, that must be really nice for you too to be able to have that moment kind of captured um in photos also so I know that we obviously didn't have um a proper big you know overview live stream happening but Stace was amazing enough to be able to take some film for us and so was Jim um but getting the photo the photos of your um catch that's probably really um that's lovely for, yeah. lovely for you to for you to have one, one one for the pool room that one uh Jim Walker and his son did a great job of um capturing moments from that game they really did yeah, shout out to Jim and, and his son. He did a, such a good job. He was following me around while I was talking to the live stream. And uh, he's like, should I take a photo of that person? I'm like, yeah, go for it. And so he's just there like clicking away, did a great job, little 11-year-old taking photos of women's sport. you got to love it. We've been joined by Miss Jennifer Hawke. How are you, my friend, team manager for New South Wales for the state campaign? What's going on? Hello. How are you, Stacey? I'm good. Yeah, you did do a great job at Game 3. We cannot thank you enough. Oh, look, I mean, I had you guys sitting there in your, you know, in your in your pregnancy mama chair telling me how we should go gorilla. So had to, had to. Seemed to work. It seemed to work. Exactly, exactly. I mean, look, I think it was an absolute bloody travesty that, you know, no one could get their stuff together to get a, a live stream up. I mean, you guys deserved so much better. The standard of play throughout this entire series was so good and like Alex said earlier it was so entertaining to watch and I just wish you know especially from you know from a player perspective for those that this was their last game you know to not have that memories there um is you know really a disservice and and something I hope you know gets fixed at some point not that you can go back and and you know and redo the past but you know 
that's the way it goes. Cody, there's been quite a few retirement notices out from the Queensland side, Ella Briscoe being one of them today. Uh, how many How many of the vets up there are actually looking at retirement and how many are looking at stepping into coaching? I'm actually not too sure about the retirements. I know Ella is, I know Lon is, Sarah Kane, probably Tennille will go with them. I'm hoping we can convince the rest to stick around, but I'm not too sure. Some of them are are probably aging out a little bit, wanting to start families and what have you. Um, But in terms of coaching, I'm really hopeful we can get uh, Kelly Hopkins to come into a coaching position hopefully this year. Um, If we can get a league up, potentially Lauren Evans would be nice, but who knows with her. Um, And I think we'll hopefully see Oscar um, stick around as a women's coach as well that's gonna be great Oscar was such a, a great addition to the Queensland coaching stuff like this coaching stuff was unlike ones that we've seen in the past and Oscar just brought this great like vibe like uh you know he was he wasn't un- he wasn't afraid to try things outside of what's the usual Queensland way of doing things which I really enjoyed and really liked to watch made for some interesting football that's for sure I'm really glad that he's going to be back into the league. Claire, in terms of coming up against these Sun Devils again, uh, how do you think you could improve, you know, your time, uh, you know, playing with New South Wales? Like what do you think that New South Wales could have done a lot better in a defensive back unit to try and keep Cody from making plays? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I thought I, you know, kept an eye on Cody, you know, once or twice apart from when she did these ones. But she apologised for it, so that's okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Um, I don't know. It was tricky because for the first uh, two games, we had two of our DBs that weren't even available. So it was just kind of trying to keep people, you know, moving around. And the last game, everyone was available. So, you know, that's half the reason why I didn't play. I was like, you know, you have your time. Um, but what they can do better next time, I don't know. It's I think you've sort of got to play with, you know, against – you know, who you're, who's, you know, on the other side, you just got to, you know, adjust on the fly. Um, I think it, it's hard to hard to know what to change. Keep rotating players. <laughs> I think Coach Bryce did a great job in terms of managing players um, and his playbook was phenomenal. We know how he thinks stays. I know you've had a few seasons with him now and we all know Bryce is amazing. Um I, I think it's probably having watched the girls, Cody's a hard one to look down. She's um she's shifty. She's shifty and she's strong. So Cody's a whole other ball game. But I think the girls learned a lot from this particular campaign. I think they learned a lot. And I think we saw a lot of improvements from New South Wales as a whole. If you even look at game one to game three, huge change, huge jump. But I think in terms of coaching, Bryce had everything going for him defensively. I think he he did a really great job. I think it's probably encouraging a few of the other New South Wales girls to get down to our state trials and um, just making sure we got depth. Stacey, I believe that you have now not unmuted yourself. So we can see your lips moving, but... Ah, oh, rookie mistake. <laughs> rookie mistake. I've been doing this for how long and here we are. I was just saying that Bryce is an amazing coach and, yes, he shouldn't be, you know, undervalued because he's the rain man, football rain man, uh, and he's excellent at what he does. We've been joined by Rue Palu from Northern Sydney Rebels. How are you, Rue? 
Yeah, so yeah, I was a bit scared, hesitant on going on this because I was like, oh. You've been you've been at me every week for the last two years about coming on this podcast, and here's your yeah. chance. So say what you got to say. Here's my chance. Here's my chance of fame. Okay. Let's go, Ruth. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just got on, so I don't know what you guys are talking about. But what are you guys talking about? We were just talking about New South Wales and state, and uh, how the girls are going to take that talent back to their clubs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, do I have any ideas of that? Uh, well, Rue, I mean, how experience. Was experience. How was your state experience from from playing Rebels last season, then jumping up to state? So jump that next level. How was it for you? How did you find it? Uh, oh, no, I I found it a bit different. I'm not really used to. Um, what's it called? I'm not. I'm not used to it, uh, but I I found it much. How would you say I? I enjoyed it much, um, but I I'm so used to Blake and you know all the other coaches that I'm used to I'm close to. So I'm just like oh, okay, like um, Andy and stuff. So yeah, feels good. Um, still need to learn more a bit uh, on the nines aside. Um, yeah, but. It was, I'd say it was more of a um, a level up, a step up um, compared. Yeah, I'd say it was good. Alex, in terms of the plays of the game, like the plays of the series, we take a quick listen back to the podcast and, and some of the, uh, you know, the plays that we called during the series. What would be your highlights for the plays of the series. Are we talking to Barker at this point? Um, so I'm talking to Barker. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like we were pretty on point. I think Riley had a great kind of series from Queensland. I think we knew she was going to be kind of a standout uh, for them. I think for the New South Wales side, I don't think there was probably one player in particular because I think everybody had a solid game like throughout the series, you know, you had KT who had a fantastic game the first game. Then you had, you know, Ashley May in the second game, you know, getting that touchdown from Danny, you know, that connection with you guys was, was great. You guys had a phenomenal game. I think as a whole, like, and same thing with Queensland. I think it's hard to kind of pick out standout players because just, everyone just did well. Everyone played well. Everyone played top tier football that we wanted to see. So I think, you know, there's a, Everybody had their game. Cody, I have to, you know, go, going by that everyone has said, had Alex has said everyone had a great game, which completely true. But I have to think back to game three. And obviously people that weren't there aren't quite going to understand what we're talking about. But that play, I don't know what happened. Was it supposed to be the reverse and you went behind Amanda instead of a front of Amanda or something happened and you ended up with the ball. And here I am on the live stream. and. I was getting in trouble by the ref for being too close to the sideline the entire game. He's like, get back or I'm going to have to kick you off the field. I'm like, nah, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Anyway, so it turns out I've wandered, you know, a good 10 yards in to the field of play and I'm like, oh, Cody's scrambling. It's not going to go anywhere. Next second, you decide to throw the ball and out pops Riley and runs directly at me and I have to scramble out of the way. 
Cody, what happened? You know, obviously you took more snaps, uh, you know, for this Queensland team that you've ever taken. And, you know, some of them turned out to be like extremely, really entertaining plays. How did it feel to be able to do something like that on the state stage after not even playing quarterback at club? Um, so the play you're talking about, I completely stuffed up to start. I went in front of Amanda instead of behind her. It was supposed to be a reverse. Um, but we, we made something happen. Riley, as she always does, just put her hand up and showed me where she was, which was good. Otherwise, I think I would have been in a, a world of pain. So that was good. Um, in terms of taking snaps at quarterback, not going to lie, it was pretty terrifying. Um, I wasn't too keen to begin with. I started training at quarterback with the Ravens, mainly just because we didn't have anyone else and then we didn't really have a backup for Queensland. So Amanda was was really great to learn from um, in that sense. But um, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I think the nerves are off now. So might might give it a, a little bit longer. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a good good learning experience. Has the perspective changed, Cody? Because like going from like from wide receiver to quarterback, obviously you know what the wide receiver is supposed to be doing, but you're still learning the quarterback side of things. Like what perspective has it given you to go to your wide receivers now as a quarterback? Is there certain things that you would go like do this better because I know how this is being done? Um, I have a, a lot more res- for quarterbacks now, um, being back there and how many things have to go through your mind at, at one time. So Danny and Elliot, good job. Um, not really, to be honest, it's kind of a, a bit of a blur. Um, I think being a, a rookie in that position, everything's just starting to be <laughs> laughing, Alex. I'll see myself, our teammates. <laughs> and you too. But um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say on that. I think I need a little bit more time back there to, to get a good grasp of how it all works. But so far, so good. Jen, from a wide receiver perspective, uh, you know, you've been throwing a lot of balls from Alia, um, you know, at your time at the Rebels and you've been throwing balls from Alex. Like from a wide receiver perspective, like what's the most important thing? Is it to be fast or is it to be like hands anywhere? Um, oh, look. I think with me, my my big key attribute is speed. Um, I don't necessarily have the best hands, but I'll get behind you and my QB, if they've got a long arm, they're going to put it there. So um, for me, it's speed, but if you can't catch a ball, there's it, me- it means absolutely nothing. Let's be real. I can be as fast as I want, but if I don't have the hands to get on the end of one of those balls, we're in trouble. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty lucky. I'm still looking for some balls with uh, Danny sometime soon. We keep trying to tee it up, but, you know, someone falls pregnant and states don't go ahead and we're in trouble. So I'm pretty lucky here. I've caught balls from a couple of you guys, actually. You too, Stace. That's true. That's very true. Um, The other thing I wanted to say too, Jen, is, you know, from a team manager perspective from this state campaign, what do you think could have been done a lot better from like an overall organisation point of view? Not to make this like negative, but just, you know, what could we do better next time? Yeah, look, I think we kind of were caught really off guard late in the game. We were expecting nationals to go ahead. Um, and then obviously that kind of got pulled and we were figuring things out on our feet. Did Queensland want to be part of a state of origin series? Could we get WA involved? What was going to happen? And luckily, you know, 
uh, Queensland were really interested in getting on board. Um, but it was just a matter of everything, everything became so hard and last minute in terms of organising. So even with our field, it was our, our game one. It was a field on Tuesday and then by the Wednesday it was a totally different field and we had girls coming down on Saturday. So I just think realistically if we're going to do a State of Origin series again, we need to plan that from the get-go and it needs to be a three-month lead-in, not a three-week lead-in, um, and we need to be able to plan it properly. And that goes from facilities, training camps, selection squads, all the way through to making sure we're streaming it properly and these girls are being seen. Hey, look, I mean, you know, going back to even basics, like Queensland didn't even have a change room in New South Wales, you know, like we're we're not talking the bells and whistles here. We're talking basic fundamentals. Basics. So that's that's another thing, right? We were supposed to be counted state and he did not show up to open toilets up so it, it was really disappointing um but I'm hoping next time we can have like I said more and I probably more specific coaches were organizing those things just to be helpful and it's not their job to organize those things um it really should come from the top down uh and unfortunately that's not what happened in the- I just want to say a very quick thank you Jen, for everything that she did throughout the state campaign. She had all of us players messaging her day in, day out about every single thing you can absolutely involve. And she's, you know, she's trying to keep the coaches in line. All the, you know, she had so much going on. Plus she's, what, seven months pregnant? Oh, at the time, seven months pregnant, eight months now, yeah. yeah? So, like, you did an amazing job and pretty much I don't honestly don't think we would have had this campaign um, without you. So, from everyone that was involved. So thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. But, yeah, I think um, probably just more involvement from GNSW in organising things next time would be perfect. Yep. Many takeaways to take away for the next one. I think if we circle back and realise that another, the next campaign won't happen unless we get Queensland up and running, unless we get some way to work with WA, I think that the pro- like it's not a problem. It's just something that we need to acknowledge could potentially happen in the future if we don't get this right right now. Like that's where we're at. Um, so as much as it was an amazing experience for everybody, the work is just beginning uh, to getting this up and running again. Like <clears throat> I know I like and I, I just kind of want to open this up to to everybody here. Is you know like. In, in terms of what are we going to do as players to make sure that this does happen, that it does happen again? You know, how, how, how are we going to personally try to fix the problem? Anyone, give me something. I think a big thing, and I know this is a big thing for New South Wales, is we didn't actually have enough players at one point to even put a team forward. Um, so I think a big thing is making sure we get our teammates down, getting more numbers to actually trial. We didn't have trials. It was literally whoever showed up made the team. So I think making sure everyone that comes down, everyone that's playing in our New South Wales comp needs to come down and trial for the New South Wales team. If we know we have numbers earlier, we know we have girls committed, we can get the ball rolling in terms of organising things. It wasn't a big deterrent to girls signing up the cost, like, you know, having this big 1800 cost to tournament style play was a massive deterrent for 
a good chunk of players like, oh, look, I'm keen, but I don't have the money. Um, you know, if we do have the girls in our league, one would hope so with six teams, but we don't have, and we have enough talent to put in a huge roster, but we don't have, you know, people that can afford to play, which unfortunately is our sport. Like that might be an area, a barrier to to address so that if we are, let's say, recruiting for a state team four, maybe six months ahead of time before we know we have a tournament, again, getting lots of time for players to develop and, and getting a proper experience out of it, you know, that also gives people a bit of a window of how much to save, you know, a thousand dollars over a six month period is a lot easier than a two month deadline. So yeah, something to keep in mind that might've been a barrier for some players is putting their hand up for sure. Agreed. Agreed. It always comes back to, you know, cost is, is such a huge issue, even at club level. I mean, you know, it, it's you're looking at getting gear now, and you know we're looking at gear from our club, and you know a helmet used to cost us like two hundred and fifty bucks, like two three years ago maybe. Now you're looking at close to four hundred, five hundred because of the US dollar, because of shipping, because of everything. It's just so expensive. So I mean, I don't know where we're going to land on that or, or how anything's going to happen, but you know that's definitely something that we can do to kind of try to improve where we're at in the situation. Oh, Dania Herdman has just jumped in the chat. Dania, my friend, how are you? Yeah, Cody just um, threw me in. So hi. <laughs> Thanks, Cody. <laughs> What's happening? How are you feeling post-state? I'm good. I just want to play some more football already. <laughs> well, we were just talking about how we're going to get that to happen for you guys. Like what? what's the plan? What's the plan up there? What, what are you guys talking about? Um, I think we're just trying to get anything together, really. Um, whether that's two, three teams. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I think obviously there's just a bunch, bunch of us that just want to play more football. So we need at least two teams to do that. So, yeah, just keen to play, keen to play more football. So hopefully something can get up and running. So I think there's a bunch of the girls really trying to um work towards getting something together. So hopefully something this year will happen. Alex, you were a fly-in, fly-out player for ACT this year. Like, what's it, you know, what's the vibe on, like, at what point will you guys consider that as an option again? Like, I know cost prohibitive and, and all that sort of thing, but if this is, again, what it ends up being for you guys, like, what, what does that look like for, for getting your league up and running up there? Sorry, you, you dropped out for a for a minute there in the middle of a question. My bad, my bad. Yeah. Considering that you were uh, a fine player, fine. yeah. Just try and extrapolate what you were trying to ask. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously my focus is um, is trying to get Queensland back up and running in whatever sort of format uh, that happens. And if it does happen to be sort of a shorter format um, in that we do, say, an eight-week training camp and then we have sort of split girls off and have a game like, like internally against each other or, or whatever it may be, leaves the door open for another fly-in, fly-out season, which I'm pretty open to. Um, so it's, it's it's a wait-and-see kind of thing, but I, I just want to play as much football as possible. So in whichever way I can make that happen, it'll it'll happen. Dania, obviously you were pretty keen to come down last season, but, you know, GNSW and and the moving of the goalposts every week was a, a fun experience for all of us. Um, what What's the feel for you guys up there? You're looking at coming back down again if there is no other option for you? Um, I'm not sure. I think um, 
Um, yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't able to play um, some games um, with you guys last year. Ran out of time, but um, but I don't know. I think main focus at the moment um, for the girls here is obviously trying to get something up and running um, in Queensland. Um, and then I don't know whether if that doesn't go ahead, obviously we need to know sooner than later. So if girls do want to travel down and they have the opportunity to do so, it's just, I guess, um, yeah, girls just want to play football, but then it's also like that extra cost, um, having to play, pay for your own flights every week and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, so I, I reckon there still will be some girls who would be keen to do it. But I think main priority at the moment is just um, getting something going in Queensland, hopefully, first. But it would be pretty cool to get a full Queensland team to come down oh. in the comp. Would it be pretty cool? I yeah. mean, let's just get the ACT getting their own team together, Queensland getting their own team together, and everyone just playing New South Wales. Like <laughs> I, have this, I have said this, that we should be doing an East Coast I have and I think something that we should possibly really look at as a potential option going down the track if things kind of don't move well um, for some of the states because it's very disappointing for the people like in Victoria, Queensland if they don't get anything up. Um, obviously it'd be a lot of planning but I think it could be done. I think it could be done. Do you think, though, to, like, when would you, like, if we were to run, like, an East Coast league where, you know, it would be that, you know, to bring everyone together and travel up and down and make it, like, an eight-week type situation, like, when would you see that running so that it doesn't, like, you don't want to interfere in the states that are already running? So, like, do you run it straight after the season? Do you run it, like, it's just, like, timing-wise? No, I think you would run it when the other states are running because you could play off the like you you play at the same games that they are, right? So you they've got the field, you'd book it in the same kind of time. Um, I think you definitely have to have the season run for over a longer period of time, but have like you know a week or two weeks off so players aren't traveling every single weekend and that they can have a bit of a breather. Um, so it'd be more like a let's say ten week period of six, seven games or whatever would be them plus um, finals. That could be a long period of time, but um, I think you'd need to have those short breaks in between, whether it be a week or two weeks. Just kind of look you look at what their um, WNFC are doing. It's pretty similar to what they'd be doing, except we'd probably hopefully be getting more, more games. Or if you had eight teams, you could just play seven games, play each team once, um, and then go straight into finals, and then you'd get, what, eight or nine games. Um, so I think it's very doable, um, and I think you definitely want to try to run it through. Um, missing the league to do it for. <laughs> yeah, the league yeah. committee, the organization behind oh, it. Right. It's easy when you're behind a state yeah. banner and a state board that's running the league um, for a club to team to go, but for a complete hey, league look, to run. you know, like I mean, I'm never saying never. I'm just saying it's it's a, we, an we awesome idea. That's... Now on the on the G, with GA, so it's something that I know I would like to mention um just to see if there's any form of you know get some feedback and stuff um on that to see if it's an opportunity well, down I mean you look at it from from a different pers- like from an organizational perspective you look at what uh the British American Football Association so BAFA over at doing in the over in the UK so they run like an 11 aside super series that goes over like four or five weeks after their club 
season's run and they only play seven aside like during club but like that's that developmental progression and that pathway that happens as a result of that the other option too is you go rogue and you split away from the governing body not that I'm suggesting that everyone should but I'm just saying it's been done before and there's precedence for it um and start our own league but anyway that's conversation for a different time don't want to stir too many pots while we're going here Alex Barker uh, looking back at the state campaign, what do you think could New South Wales have done to oh, win that great. last game? I, I to win what? What to do to win the last game? Sorry, I what, got about back yes. What What could New South Wales have done to win that last game? Because it was there, right there for the take. What could New South Wales have done to win that last game? Had more time on the clock, I think would have been their friend there. Had we been able, had been able to have like an overtime potentially, I think maybe that would have helped. I think you just you ran out. Of, they ran out of time. That's what I think that happened. I don't think they were doing anything poorly. I think they were doing all the right things. And Queensland having to score, and then you know New South Wales didn't give up in that sense. I think they just needed more time. And that's hard when you play regulation. And I think that's a cop-out answer too. So I apologize for that one if people want me to actually say something. But I genuinely believe you all just needed more time. That was it, really. Dania, looking back at the state campaign, what was the what was a moment for you during that whole series? Like either your best play, best memory. Let's wrap it up with some good memories. Oh, I don't know. I think, oh, I was just glad I got to play the last game. I, I came into it with the, um, having the flu, like the days leading to the last games, I almost didn't play. Um, so I was on Struggle Street. So I'm, I'm just glad I got to play the third game, really. Um, but I don't know. I just, I'm still, um, I feel like I'm still so new to football. So I feel like it's just being able to play is just awesome. Um, Getting a couple picks was cool, um, but I, I don't know. I just love love being out there with the team, winning, winning the winning the series. But yeah, just just playing games as a whole, really. Um, just being able to get out there, yeah. Alex Ahrens, obviously your two point conversion, which we've already discussed, was probably your game series and career highlight. Was there any other moments that stood out to you during the series? Um, I I kind of. Have a couple of shout outs if this is an appropriate time. It is the perfect time. Go for it. Perfect. Let's go. I'll try and run through them quickly. There's not, uh, there's not too many. Uh, so firstly, coach Oscar and his coaching staff, uh, the positive winning mindset that they instilled from the start of their campaign and for bringing all this enthusiasm and knowledge just is really just inspired the team. Um, Amanda Housen, it was an absolute experience to get the play on the same side of the ball as her uh, for the first time. Um, and, and a, an absolute pleasure watching her lead our offense to, to victory. Uh, Cody Fuller for absolutely coming into her own as a QB and displaying newfound level of football IQ and confidence in game three. Um, and my play of the game was the, the one we mentioned before. Um, the, the fumble recovery and, and throw to Hodgson. Um, the O-line, of course, the girls had my back, especially Hannah, and it was a treat playing with Sarah and Sunil for the first time, players that I've looked up for uh, to since my since my rookie season. 
uh, Riley Douglas for an outstanding campaign as a rookie and a touchdown on debut. She's got a lot more, a lot more to come. Um, our entire secondary, who proves size doesn't matter against a taller receiver outfit. Our young ones who haven't played a full women's game previously stepped up when they needed to. Uh, they are the future of this game, and they are the reason why I want to push so hard for Queensland to get its lead back up. Um, New South Wales, in general, for providing great competition and some really close games that really could have gone either way. In particular, uh, Chrissy Osborne, who was an absolute cracker on your offense, a little utility fullback blocking, carrying, and even getting that clutch reception downfield game two. That was that was mint. Uh, Dale McMillan, um, an elite competitor in the trenches. I really enjoy going up against Dale um, all the time. Much respect between the two of us. All the players from the UC Stars. Um, it's always an experience to line up against old teammates for the first time, but in particular, Ashley May. Having come up as a rookie, uh, her growth this campaign was noticeable and immense, and she'd be my one to watch next season. That's all of them? That's all of them. Oh, I like that. Sum that up real good. Good job, Alex. That was lovely. Some good shout-outs there. Hey, look, I, I have to give a shout-out to Amanda Housen. Did such an amazing job during that campaign. I mean, she really showed true quarterback mentality when it comes to managing the offense. Yes, there were times where, you know, Alex and I both discussed that sometimes we thought that she was trying to do so much, but I guess that comes from a perspective of not having, you know, running backs that are at the caliber of, you know, Moran and, and Riley and Kestra. Um, but she did such an amazing thing to, you know, steer that offense the way that she did. And and the fact that she, you know, I saw her actively stepping back and and giving Kochi Coachy, giving Cody the coaching uh, that she needed to do really, really well um, at State it was an amazing to see over on that sideline. Rue, what was your play of the series? Memorable moment? Give me a memory. I like the one of me finding you after game two up in Queensland after you'd just driven nine hours the night before and didn't get any sleep. Uh, and after the game, you were dying. But memorable moments during the series? Um. Oh, I liked the first game. It was in the last quarter because uh, I did a pancake. That's why. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, finally I pancaked a D-line. Anyways, um, yeah, no, that that part was probably my most memorable. Um, second game, yeah, I, I, I don't mind. I Like, yeah, I was dead tired, but then at the same time, I was like glad I played. I don't. If that makes sense, I'm not. Like, I, I don't really remember much. I'm just like, okay, get there, do it, done, finished. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> that's me. Um, I yeah, usually the brains in my O linesman people is boots. Um, so like, I'm like always like, oh boots. Um, you know, <laughs> told me everything. I'm not really as you know. Um, I'm not as bright on the line, let's just say that. Um, but I, yeah, I'm just more of a person to just do it and get it done. That's it. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, that, yeah, the first, the first quarter was like my most memorable, but. Love that. that the first, you, you never forget your first pancake. Uh, the first game, first pancake. That was it. Yeah. I liked Take that, that part. Take that, take it yeah. with you, hold it onto your memories forever. <laughs> Love yeah. that. 
Ali, a play of the series, memorable moment of the series. What do you got? Ooh, so many. Um, Ashley's touchdown. So beautiful pass by Danny to a route that was she was not running <laughs> to the wrong route by catching this gorgeous high point ball, scoring as a rookie. I think from a team perspective, and just seeing her development as a play, getting to know her off the field and seeing how hard she works at training. I think she's one of those people that you just you're really happy had such a big moment. Um, I was happy I got points on the board. Like that's a, you know, it's a, I know it wasn't much of a big deal this as uh, as previous um, campaigns, but that was kind of nice to get a, a two point run in. Um, and yeah, no, I think for me, it was just, uh, it was a different position I was playing. So that in itself was a bit of an experience, but it was also getting, you know, I don't think I have a specific play in mind as much as, oh, so sorry. Um, <laughs> As much as getting to, you know, spend time with with Danny and, and you know, our offense and getting to meet some of the other players. And, yeah, this this campaign felt a bit different. It was more about the players and the teammates and having that experience with them. Um, but from, you know, a general, I guess, favorite moment, probably when Ashley's touchdown. And, yeah, my conversion was uh, was something that I'll, that I'll remember well. Dania, chuck Cody back in frame. I want to know what her memorable moment was. She just ran out of the room. Is she naked? No, she's just got um, camera shelves at home. <laughs> I'm going to answer for her. I think Cody's most memorable moment was playing um, football with me. I can, um, Cody, she's going to the toilet. <laughs> well, this is what you get when you do a live podcast, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay. Danny, memorable moment. What's your memorable moment? So I've got two now that the whole series is done. So first one, of course, Miss Ashley May with that touchdown. Um, For me, that was a really great moment. And I know for her, it was an amazing moment. Um, And I'm just very proud of how far she's come over the last um, year. Um, her confidence has just grown a lot too and she's really sinking her teeth into becoming a better player and she now knows that she um, can play football and she's good at football and that she can, you know, go places if she, re- she really wants to. Um, so that was an amazing moment, her TD. And the other one that was memorable, I wouldn't say it was positive, it was very negative, but rememberable was when poor Jordan popped her, oh, popped her elbow back in and I say <laughs> this, I can't I can't get it out of my head ever that girl is as tough as nails I just remember her kneeling down and I was walking over to her and then she just does this scream and then just kind of pulls it back in and yells at me like I'm fine I'm fine and then my jaw was just on the ground turning back walking back to um get the snap I was uh absolutely gobsmacked that was very remember very rememberable um but not in a positive way and um Jordan is healing um at the moment so all the best to her and her poor injury um but she's on the mend oh my god I've never seen anything like it and and if if you watch the live stream like you know I've seen I all I've heard is take a knee take a knee so I've turned and Jordan's taking the knee and I've just seen her grab her her wrist and just pull and the scream 
And I'm like, oh my God. And here I am on the live stream. We're like, is anybody else seeing what I'm seeing right now? Like, this is just next level. Um, and for her to like not come off the field was ridiculous. But yes, rest up, Jordan. Had an amazing campaign, obviously, uh, as always, uh, especially in that last game. Jen, give me something overall, something nice, memorable, sweet, fluffy. What do you got? Oh. Well, um, look, I, I guess I kind of had a different perspective this this campaign, not playing and, and being a bit of a, a bit of a spectator, an entire spectator. Um, for me, I loved obviously Ash May's touchdown. I, I was on the sideline crying. Um, no joke, the emotions were far too much. Um, so proud of that one. I think watching Izzy, watching Danny and watching Alia work together to share that QB position and create a really dynamic offense out of that, out of the QB position, out of the fullback position, um, even out of tight end to watch those three work together um, and be willing to share a QB role was really something special. And it was something that as a wide receiver, you love to watch and you love to see how different QBs do play. Um, So I think that was really amazing. But honestly, just seeing girls that, can tear each other's bodies apart um, in a normal state campaign and to have them come together and really care and play for each other, beautiful. Like it may just be the mum in me now, but loved it, loved to see it. Um, and I think it just it set us up for a, a state campaign this year where I think we're all going to step out onto a field, really respect each other's work ethic and I think we've got a really strong community now where we want to see every team grow. We want to see our state league get to, you know, nine man. That's that's what we're talking about this year. We know what we've got to do to work there and we all want to help each team get there. So, yeah, just I think seeing a sisterhood expand from just a team to actually being across the state, it was amazing. That's my fluffiness. That's what you get. That was fluffy. <laughs> that was super fluff. I like that. That's super cute. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you, everyone, for jumping on. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Barker. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Dania. Thank you, Rue. Thank you, Alia. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Jen. Thanks, everyone, for coming on tonight. This live live podcast. Look, I don't know how we, if we're going to do this again, but I think we should because I think it's pretty fun. Um, but stay tuned for the episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're getting back into things with uh, some really exciting guests, some really exciting um topics to discuss so stay tuned for the ride again thanks everyone for joining us and we'll see you guys next week